Rosie, do you have a savings account? Yeah, I have a PSB Monster Saver account. Roar! The bank gave me $5 when they opened it, and I get $5 every year on my birthday. Wow, you get money from your bank on your birthday? That's awesome! I also get to pick a treasure from the Monster Vault every time I make a deposit at the People's Savings Bank. A treasure every time? I'm going to talk to my mom about a Monster Saver account, too. Roar at People Savings Bank. Visit any of our People Savings Bank's locations in Wellsburg, Cleves, and Dyke to start a Monster Saver account for your kids or grandkids today. Member FDIC. The Dyke New Hartford Booster Club is established as a support group to encourage parent and community participation and to raise funds to enhance and expand the academic, social, and athletic programs that are available to each individual student at Dyke New Hartford Schools. The Booster Club feels strongly that parent and community involvement during the school year can be a key to the success of our students here at DNH. Please consider helping our students by becoming a member. Our Booster Club website can be found under the Parent and Community tab on the DNH homepage. Thank you for your support and roll blue! It is time for another episode of DNH Loose Change. My name is Tad Brace, alongside my partner Travis Kiewit. Ready to rock another one, Travis? Yeah, we've made it to number fifteen. Yeah, and we haven't gotten kicked off yet. No, somebody was asking. They they watch or watch. They listened to the podcast Loose Change, and they were asking uh, just some general questions about it. And then they asked, "You know, are you guys going to do it during the summer?" I'm like, "That's the plan." And, uh, every week, and they're like 52, and I'm thinking, ooh, 52, we're on 15. I'm like, <laughs> uh, 52 sounds like a lot, but I, yeah, we both have mentioned it. We enjoy it, and it's you know, it's a lot of fun to do. So I I don't think it'll be a problem. No, I don't think I, so I think either. it'll be kind of fun, but 52 does sound like a lot. You know, and who knows? It might be longer than one season, too. I mean, oh, yeah. if we can keep this thing rolling, especially with the support we've gotten from the community about this. So. Yes. Yep, you guys yep. have been awesome. Yeah, everybody's been very supportive and keep hitting those downloads because that's where our stats come from. So uh, that helps us out, you know, just knowing where things are going. And if you do have any comments or questions or anything about the show, you can uh, follow the DNH Loose Change Twitter account and drop us a, a direct message. Or you can also email myself or Tad. Yeah, it is fun getting the emails from different people about, hey, I really enjoyed this mm-hmm. episode, you know. And actually, we have gotten one or two of those. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not making it up. We we really have. So, uh, And again, we didn't send it to each other. Yeah. No, we actually <laughs> asked our, our wives to send them in. Yes. So, yeah. No. Um, and in all honesty, this has been a lot of fun, and we hope you guys are enjoying it as much as we are. And that brings us to our next part of this segment which is going to be what do we got coming up uh tonight's episode or today's whenever you listen to it we have tim johnson he is a i believe he's a new hartford alum right yeah he is yep new hartford hawks new hartford hawks uh he's 
been through that system. So he's gonna we're gonna do a little time travel with him and try to pick his brain on on what's going on and where he's been. Uh, we also have Rachel Cheeseman. She's the girls' track coach. Um, their season is kind of either winding down or ramping up, depending on which way you're going. They got districts here in a couple weeks, and then uh, um, state hopefully after that. So we'll talk to her about uh, track as well as um, her involvement here at DNH and as, a, th- as th- a teacher. One thing about Cheeseman, she is absolutely terrible with her NCAA picks tournament time. <laughs> so I was going to bring that up. I forgot. So I'm going to make sure she hears about that. Yeah, not, not good, huh? No. Well, terrible. I can help her out, mate. Well, actually, I can't help her out because uh, we did a pick em at home, and Taylor, uh, my sophomore daughter, who doesn't really follow basketball, she won in a landslide, actually. Yeah, well, that's what happens. She, she blew us away. And then uh, finally, we're going to end up with uh, Sherry Sharp, Dyke Elementary Secretary, get some info on her, find out where she's been, what she's been doing. Uh, and what she likes to do in her spare time. Yeah, really, it's a fun lineup tonight, and uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as we will when we get to listen to it for the first time. Yeah. Um, One final thing here before we get ready for our guests, I would like to thank everybody out there that was part of the D&H Booster Club online clothing order. Just closed up our second, actually had closed up and had delivery of our second part of that store and did very well. And again, all that money goes right back into the booster club and to uh, the students and, and that kind of thing. And, and even to the podcast to help us out here too. So I'd like to thank everybody that uh, was able to purchase something uh, for our student athletes. Great organization. Consider helping out if you can. All right. And uh, well, it's time to get our first interview in here. I think we got them waiting out in the, out in the library. So we're going to go ahead and let you go and get ready to rock. All right, we are here with Tim Johnson in our studio. We're going to do a little segment called Time Travel now with Tim Johnson. Tim, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Awesome, very good. Uh, The cool thing about Tim um, is he's got some relation. There's a lot of cool things, not just one one of the cool things. Actually, there's some very cool things that we're going to get into here in a little bit. But um, (laughs) he does happen to know some uh, legends. I'd say he's part oh, of the wow. legendary family here at Dyke New Hartford, the Johnson family. Um, <laughs> he is Becky Johnson's brother-in-law, and he is probably one of the nicest guys you're going to meet. Uh, he's recently moved back into the area, and I'm going to let Tim tell you a little bit about himself. Well, thank you. Uh, I grew up in New Hartford, went to school all 13 years in the same building. In fact, that same building... When I was like in fifth and sixth grade, I would actually see my older brothers in high school in the same hallway. Wow. And that, that doesn't happen very yeah, often. Yeah, that's not. That does not happen very often. So I went to school there. My dad was a school board member, owned the hardware store in town. So our family was very involved with school. 
I didn't dare do anything wrong <laughs> because if I did, then I would get it double at home because I'd get in trouble at school and then I'd get trouble. even worse at oh. home. So <laughs> I knew to behave, which it didn't matter. I was going to anyway, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, I went to New Hartford all 13 years. And then from there, I went to Iowa State for my freshman year of college and Really didn't learn much there that year. I learned how to party, I think, and that was about <laughs> it. So from there, I went up to Nyack up in Mason City, got my two-year degree there, and then ended up at Northern Iowa. And I didn't, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I left Nyack. I didn't know what I was going to pursue. And my advisor at the time said, hey, why don't you what, tell me what you like to do? I said, what do you do? And he asked me, what do you do in the summertime? And I said, well, I coach Little League Baseball. And I really like doing that. He goes, so you like working with kids? And I said, yeah, it's, it's a good time. He goes, well, they are begging for men in elementary education. He said, that'd probably be a good field for you to go into. So that's when I decided right there and then that I was going to become wow. an elementary school teacher. Plus the fact that my favorite elementary school teacher, Mrs. Wagner, my fourth grade teacher um, also has a had a real big role in getting me to teach because when I was in high school, I would go down and help her out in her fourth grade classroom because that's what she, that's what she taught me in fourth grade. Yeah, so, we did. I, I cadet taught in fourth grade too. It's kind of a unique area, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So I went down and helped her quite often just because I loved her so much and. Uh, so from there, I got my degree at Northern Iowa. Um, got out of got out of college, and I'm thinking, wow, a little scary because I hadn't gotten a, hadn't gotten a job offer yet, or an interview, or anything yet. And then we're talking middle of May, so I'm starting to get a little worried. But then things just start clicking. Ended up getting uh, my first teaching job, sixth grade. In Green Mountain, Iowa. Wow. Okay. All right. Green Mountain before the they big heard, metropolis. Yes. <laughs> I think at the time there were 140 people, 140 people that lived in the town. So it was mostly rural, rural kids that came in. There were only 26 boys in the high school. Wow. Total in the high school. Oh, that is not very many. Yeah, and I was one. I was one of two males in the whole school district the whole K through 12. And uh, so guess what? I got to coach <laughs> everything, everything that the boys did. Right. Got to coach. And they were too small for football. So we had fall baseball, which was unbelievably cool at the time because, you know, that's when playoffs and baseball are happening. And just it's just a different feel playing baseball in the, right. and in the fall. If I can ask what, like what year are we talking about oh, here? We're when... talking 1985. Okay. I graduated from college in 84, so 84-85. Will... I believe that was, was that the last year for fall baseball? Yes, it was. Because for some reason I just, I started watch, or on Twitter, Iowa High School Baseball Association or whoever it is, they're, start, they're going back and they're doing all these things back from the 20s and 30s and all these state championships. And one of the, the things I remember was the last fall state championship was 1985, which to me is mind-boggling because I was 
you know, I was probably in junior high and I don't ever remember there. I guess I heard of fall baseball, but I didn't understand it. And it was prevalent. Yeah. Like, the, the schools were all so little, the ones that had fall baseball, we had to travel quite a ways to go to baseball games. And I was going to ask, like, yeah, who, I can't, who are you playing? I, you know who? I can't even tell you. There was a, a small town over by Boone that we had to travel to. Um, I think there are a couple other schools in our district that didn't have uh, football either. Was Green Mountain with Garwin at the time, or were they? They were, they were not with Green or Garwin at all. They were just Green Mountain? Just Green Mountain because. Like the coffee. What was their mascot? <laughs> Was it? Don't tell me it was like the like, coffee cup, like the beans or something. Gosh, was it? I'm Green Mountain beans. Fresh Green Mountain out. green jeans. Come on, that's crazy. Maybe someone will, maybe someone will get a hold of you and let you know. Yep. I, that's that's a long time ago. I guess I should look that so up. So I, I have to ask you a question about that. Um, w- now, when you had fall baseball, did you also have a typical spring or summer baseball? Yes, we had spring baseball. Yeah. Oh, okay, I had no idea that that was actually a thing. Summer or fall baseball, either. So, so. here's the, in the springtime. Here was my schedule. I do track practice with the <laughs> boys, and then after track practice, we go over and practice baseball <laughs> because they inter- they overlap right a little bit. You know, you were the, the only end, guy. Right? Well, one of the two guys. Yeah. So, well, I've got another story to go with that. Um. About September, in the middle of September, the other gentleman, he was a junior high boys coach, and he taught junior high math, I think it was. And he had a heart attack. Didn't die, but had a heart attack and had to be at home for the rest of the year, basically. Because he, was he wasn't, he was an older gentleman. And uh, so guess who got to do... <laughs> The junior high boys stuff, too. Wow. You <laughs> so, were raking in the dough. No. <laughs> you want, you, you're going to get some stories here because <laughs> I I figured it out that, that that year, with all the coaching that I did and all the time that I put in, I kept track of all the hours that I put in oh, and how much I made just because I was just curious. 48 cents an hour is what I made. Wow. Well, with inflation, I mean, that's with coaching. Like, right. Well, my contract seventy-two cents. <laughs> my initial contract was twelve thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars for the teaching contract. Yeah, and then wow. coaching on top of it, they gave me two thousand for all of that, all of it. And wow, I think what a I'm, bargain! I might have gotten, I might have received seven hundred and fifty for the junior high sports. I can't remember for sure, but yeah, it was it was a busy day. I'd be I'd be at school in the morning. Like during basketball season, I'd be at the school at 6.30 in the morning for junior high boys practice. And then after school, of course, was the high school. And then then you're talking basketball games on Monday night for JV, Tuesday night varsity, mm-hmm. Wednesday junior high, Thursday, woo, got that day off. <laughs> only, had to, only had to have practice that day. Friday varsity and junior varsity, Saturday junior high. So it was it was a very busy, wow. busy schedule, very very busy schedule. So yeah, that was my first year experience, and luckily, I had a very 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 a great class, sixth grade class, that consisted of fifteen girls and three boys. 
and the girls were absolutely the most intelligent kids ever. So I'd have to deal with coaching a lot during the day. You just do sometimes, especially when you're doing all of them. And I said to the girls one time, I said, would you guys ever want to teach? <laughs> you know, help help me out. And they said, oh, Mr. they called me Mr. J. That, In fact, the very first day I taught, a girl came up to me and said, Mr. Johnson, your name's too long. <laughs> name's too long. Johnson's too long. So I laughed a little bit because Johnson's not that long. She goes, can we just call you Mr. J? So that's when it started. That's all I've been called my whole teaching career was Mr. J. But they said, yeah, yeah, let's, we'll give it a try. So there were times where I'd even give them the teacher's manual so they could study it <laughs> and actually teach the lesson. And they, they loved doing it. They wanted to take turns doing it. I was there. Right. They weren't doing, uh, they weren't teaching, teaching everything. Right. I was there to help them and guide them. But they... I thought that was a really good, cool way to get them involved in the classroom. Too. Absolutely. Yeah, like built-in uh, student yeah. teachers. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm sure that those kids probably at some point were like, hey, I want to go out, grow up and be a teacher someday. Right. I wonder I wonder how many. That's, that's That'd be interesting. How I, many actually ended up? I'm friends with a couple of the kids um, on Facebook from the class after them. But I don't. And one one from that class. There's one from that class I am, but couple from the other one uh the next year but yeah that was it was quite the quite the start of teaching for me was i got introduced to it very quickly yeah i didn't have any choice here's the fire we're just gonna throw you right in yeah and the other thing i'm very thankful for that that first year i taught there i had five senior boys that were good great athletes they were just really good and they had not been successful in the past, and we got the we got to I think we were five hundred that year with that group, and I was very 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 pleased with that because we were able to do something and accomplish something that they hadn't accomplished before, and the the very first basketball game that I had to coach varsity game, we're there early because we had the girls play before us and then the boys would play. So we were sitting there in the bleachers waiting for the girls to come out and get ready. And this is at Gladbrook. We played Gladbrook, the opening game. And I see walking through the doors of the gym, my football coach from high school is one of the referees that evening. Wow. (laughs) So uh, it's just a way too small of a world way too small when that happened i was like you've got to be joking me you know <laughs> so he, his name was mr jasky was his name he was my football coach when i was a senior i had like in high school i had three different head coaches just in four years over in new hartford so he was the last one that i had but yeah we ended up winning that game in overtime that's pretty um, cool that was that was that was my very first coaching experience, except, well, basketball. I did baseball in the fall, but, yeah, yeah, that was it for that. So you had a really cool introduction to teaching here in Iowa. <laughs> Can I ask you what took you to Colorado then? Because yeah. uh, for our listeners, um, Tim actually moved to Colorado, and he's got some cool stories from there. I, I love talking to him during my <laughs> prep and learning. Um, 
Well, then how did we end up? Well, I was married at the time. I got married right after that summer after my first year of teaching because there's no way I could have before then. Um, and she, my ex-wife, was a teacher in Marshalltown, special ed teacher, and her principal, the third year that we were teaching, I was at Green Mountain, and then it turned to Green Mountain Garwin. The fourth year I was there, it was the first four years I was here, Green Mountain Garwin. And her principal, the third year we were there, moved out to Colorado up in the northeast corner, and he was in charge of the special ed for that whole northeast corner of Colorado. And he was having trouble keeping teachers there in that part of Colorado. And so he asked my ex-wife, you know, would you guys, would you be interested in coming out and teaching in Colorado? And we both looked at each other and said, you know what, there's nothing really keeping us here. Right. Um, so let's go for it. So we were lived, we, uh, Moved out. We'd only I'd only visited Colorado one time, and that was to do the interview for my teaching position. That in the same town where she was going to be located, a little town called Holyoke, Colorado, very northeast corner, thirteen miles from uh, Nebraska, so way mm. up in the corner. And it's a town of about two thousand people. The nicest town, the greenest town, cleanest <laughs> town I've ever seen in my life. Great school facilities, and I, I really lucked out. It was a third-grade position. Happened to be open the same time that my ex-wife was getting a job in the town. So it just worked out again. Everything just sort of fell into place. And I, I loved teaching there. Loved it. I coached junior high track, and my ex-wife was my assistant. She did the girls, and I did the boys. And so we had a great time doing that. But then I kept thinking, God, we are 50 miles away from, like, a Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) Just a Walmart, you know, anything. So the head basketball coach at the high school, his his two daughters from a previous marriage lived in Holyoke and were basketball players, good basketball players for Holyoke. And he wanted to be able to watch them play. So he became the head coach of the boys high school team in Holyoke. And his wife stayed in Denver in the school district where I ended up teaching. But she she would come out on the weekends to Holyoke to spend time with her husband. Well, she'd come to the games on Friday night. So I get I got to know her really well and I asked her one evening I said, "How how tough would it be to get into Douglas County? That was the name of the school district." She goes, oh, it'd be pretty easy, I think. They're looking for males in elementary ed, just like everybody else. And they were really growing fast. Um, In fact, the the first year I taught there, there were maybe, I'm guessing, eight elementaries, nine elementaries in the whole school district. And then when I left, there were like 50. Jeez. That is incredible. Yeah. There are three three main towns, the Highlands Ranch, Parker, and uh, Castle Rock. And it, it just grew. But anyway, she I asked her, and, and she said, probably not too hard. So before I even got my application in, which I didn't even tell my ex-wife about that I <laughs> did it, because I was just curious. Yeah, I, right, just wanted yeah. to, I just wanted to see. She had three interviews for me before I had my application done. Oh, geez. So I had to, of 
course, tell her. And she wasn't very happy with that because what was the reason why we moved to Colorado? You guys remember what I said? What was the her principal having a hard time doing? Keeping, Keeping teachers. teachers. Guess what I would want to do? Leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which was probably the start of my divorce, I'm guessing. <laughs> Hey now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so we we moved to Castle Rock, Colorado, where I taught sixth grade at an elementary school there and stayed with them for twenty seven years in that school district in Colorado. I did uh sixth grade, fifth grade. Six no, in Douglas County I did sixth grade, third grade, and second grade. And I was in second grade for 22 of the years that I taught. So I like second grade the best. But, yeah, that's how I ended up in Colorado teaching. And I never coached again after I left Holyoke. Really? Never coached again. Did you ever have that drive or that passion to get out there and do it again? Well, what did I talk to you about? Well, I know you're going to help me at the junior high baseball program. Yeah. So I want to do – I want to be that part of it. I want to be the person that just comes in and helps out. and, And give back. Exactly, because I'm, I was trying to think of how I could state to people what it's like growing up in a little town if they've never grown up in a little town before, is that if you go to school and you do more than just go to school, walk through the door, go to class, leave, if you're involved in sports and extracurriculars and band and everything, you're, you're involved with the school. And that's what I was taught by watching my dad growing up to be involved so even moving back to iowa now i find myself what <laughs> involved you are involved. definitely involved yeah. Yep. involved yeah so that that's what i would say would be the the big thing about coming back is just staying involved and making it a lot easier for me to move back because it was not easy leaving colorado oh i'm sure and just you know again we talk in the hallways and stuff and you're wearing your Colorado Rockies stuff right now. Yes, I am. He, you have lived a really cool life, in my opinion, being a being a staff member and usher at the Colorado Rockies. I mean, Coors Field is an amazing place to go. Great, you know, it's got its ups and downs right now, but it's a cool <laughs> baseball place. I mean, it yes, really is very cool. That's why that's why the Rockies right now can they don't have to pay their players the big bucks that everybody else does and if they do pay them they get rid of them like they did Arenado, which just didn't make me very happy but <laughs> because people that go out to colorado that's one of the one of the places people want to go to in the summertime is to a rockies game just because the it's a beautiful stadium right and i was on the third level right behind home plate that's that was where i ushered and everybody that came to the ballpark for the first time would go to my spot to take a picture. And I talked to a lot of people about, you know, how many ballparks is this for you? And they say, Oh yeah, this is my, it's my 23rd. And I'd always ask them, well, where does Coors Field fall in that realm? And they'd say, Oh, usually in the top five. I say, what's your favorite? The, the two that always came up were Pittsburgh PNC. Was, yep, yep. Because of the view of the city. Yep. The bridge and everything yeah, else. Yeah, that is a neat place, that, too. Yeah. Yeah. The view of the city. And then San Francisco. Sure. Is a big one, too. And um, 
Fenway Park. I was gonna say Fenway or Wrigley would have been my guess, just because Wrigley, of the... Wrigley never came up. Wrigley never came up that I can remember. But Coors Field was always up there. They they it was a great view. Except now they're starting to build around the stadium, which might take away from the view yeah. of the mountains, which is. Well, all I know is that the Minnesota Twins sent over Michael Kadire, won a batting title, and then Justin Morneau the next year won a batting title. So I feel you're welcome. Right. Might have something to do with the uh, the hum- humidor and all that fun stuff. I, I grew up a Minnesota Twins fan, so that's that was my dad. That was our vacation. We'd go up to Metropolitan Stadium. Way oh, back. Way in the back in the 60s and 70s, go up to see the twins play <laughs> or a four four game session friday night saturday night and sunday doubleheader wow yep that's that, what my dad loved the twins if he had the radio on the twins were they were on it huh yep that's cool yeah huh. so yeah i i and we i say the same thing that you say about the cardinals i say you're welcome they got larry walker um matt holiday from the Rockies, yeah. and now they've got Nolan Arenado. So, yeah, I say the same thing. Thank you. Yeah. For, you're welcome. <laughs> like, it's like the Colorado Rockies are the farm team for other major St. league. Louis. <laughs> anyway, so uh, just moving forward a little bit here, uh, you know Becky. Yes, I do. Becky Johnson, better than probably everybody in the district here. No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not. No, we're better than everybody. You probably do. Uh, you guys have been working with her for... <laughs> no, I, I've only been there two years, Tad. I've, I've got eight with her. Okay. You actually know her better than I do because uh, she, you have seen her more than I have. She is an amazing woman. and I. So I've got to ask, now that you're back, has she always been this nice and kind? No. To you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, I'm joking. No. no, she's always been very, 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 very kind to me. She's always been one of the biggest supporters of yes. New Hartford, whether it's academics, athletics, whatever it may be. She's always there rooting us on. So we always have to give her a hard time and, and tease her. And just yesterday, giving her hugs at the track meet. And yeah. Yeah, I'd usually make it. I usually made it back to Iowa at least two times a year. Christmas time and then one time in the summer. So every time I'm I'm gluten intolerant. So every time I'd come home, I'd always have like crackers, gluten free crackers, and a package of gluten free cookies on my bed that I slept on. And she always <laughs> got that for me. So she oh, was always, that is nice. Yeah. So she she's always treated me. I was going to ask you how how her cooking compares, but uh, oh geez. She is one of the best. <laughs> oh, there you you never go hungry at at Randy and Becky's house. I uh, asked her once before Thanksgiving, like Becky, you're gonna have any pies at your place? Yeah, I'm, I th- we're making thirteen today. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. yeah, she's she's Christmas like a wizard time. when it comes yeah. to multiple things. She's legit. That's the, for sure. All the stuff that she has prepared at Christmas time is unbelievable. So yeah. How I do would, we, uh, is that invitation only I or is su- there I uh, would suggest stopping in. Just during, unannounced? In December at some point, just walk on in and help yourself. Oh, we can do, we could probably do that. <laughs> we might even do a podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe from our kitchen, we could do a taste test. Yeah, we, we, can do a, we can do a holiday edition. 
Yeah, that you, sounds fun. With a I taste mean, test. Yep, I'd say that'd be the thing to do because she's unbelievable with <laughs> what she makes for sure. Uh, uh, you know what? I we like are that. we're running a little long here, so I'm gonna are jump we? right to our last question here. <laughs> no, it's yeah. I could just go on and on about these things. So, um, would you rather, Tim, be able to breathe underwater or have cat-like agility? I'd have to go with cat-like agility just because I love, I, that's one thing about getting older is that you can't play sports the way you used to. (laughs) Your mind says you can, but your body says you can't. So I would like that cat-like agility so I could keep playing third base in softball. There you go. (laughs) That's what I I wish I could do. I'm going breathe underwater. I mean, I already have cat-like agility. So I'm going breathe underwater. I just always have a fear of drowning. That's just one thing. Well, I've that's never... one way to solve it, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. It'd be a <laughs> I can breathe underwater. Breathe underwater. We're going to take care of that right there. So what about you, Travis? I, I struggled with this one. Um, I do enjoy them both, but I would have to go with the agility of a cat just because I then you could keep up with your kids. Um, <laughs> like right now we get on the trampoline and I, I'm just like a blob. <laughs> I can't do much. They're flipping and flopping and doing all this, and I just kind of bounce. That's I funny. try to do the flips, but it doesn't work. So. I take the energy of my kids. That I would yeah. take that in a heartbeat. Uh, that'd be a good one. But we'll no, see. I like it. Uh, Tim, just want to thank you again for stopping in tonight. It, I could sit and listen to your stories all day long. So getting here and doing this stuff with you, is, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Yep. I appreciate it, thank both of you, for having me and... Maybe we'll do it again sometime. Absolutely. That sounds like a blast. Absolutely. Very good. Thank you. You bet. Reineke Construction is a family-owned business right here in the D&H School District focused on providing residential construction services with the highest levels of customer satisfaction. They do everything possible to exceed your expectations like they have over the last 20 years. Reineke Construction does jobs from installing a garage door, building barns, to your dream house. They have even built a golf course clubhouse. Services include new construction, remodels or general repairs for homes, constructions on a variety of frames and pole buildings, and construction of clubhouses and other commercial buildings. Reineke Construction serves Blackhawk, Butler, Grundy, and surrounding Iowa counties, and most of their business comes from word of mouth, which is the best kind of advertising. Look around their website at reinekeyconstruction.com to see a collection of projects they have built or renovated with passion. If you have comments or questions, please f- feel free to contact them at 319-239-6256 or reinconst at gmail.com. Reineke Construction. Measure twice. Cut once. All right, next in the studio, we've got Rachel Cheeseman, head girls track coach here at Dyke New Hartford. Rachel, how are you tonight? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. How are you, Travis? I'm excellent. That's an excellent day. Yep. All right, Rachel, um, why don't you go ahead and get us started with some background information about yourself, family, where you're from, college, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I am from just down the road in Rhinebeck, actually, born and raised in Rhinebeck, went to Gladberg-Rheinbeck my whole life. I graduated in 2011, 
um, from there. And I just have one older brother. Um, He graduated in 2004, Matt Cheeseman. Um, And then actually I went to Wartburg along with the rest of my family. Both of my parents went to Wartburg. That's where they met. And my brother went to Wartburg. Jeez. So, yeah, there was a time where I thought, there's no, no way. way that I am going to work or no way. But kind of when it get, got down to time to choosing a college, what made actually sense is Wartburg was a perfect fit for me. So I ran track there um, and got my, I started out as a biology major. I kind of wanted to be a nurse. Um, never want. And then, wa- and then you saw the blood? Well, no, I never, my mom always said I would be a good teacher and I never, you know, you never really want to listen to your mom, (laughs) but she, she was right. And so then, yeah, became, became a teacher and then got my job here at DNH and here we are today. Awesome. And how long have you been here at DNH? So this is my sixth year teaching. And then what do you teach? I teach third and fourth grade special education at Dyke Elementary. Okay. And and then you've done that the whole time you've been here. Yep, that's that's my first job that I was hired to do, and still still in there now. And how has it been so far after six years? Right. Yeah, it's been good. At first, I I never wanted to work with you know fourth grade or fifth grade was I thought my my limit is how low I wanted to go with age. I wanted to be junior high is what I originally thought. Sure. And got this job and. I, I think now third grade was is maybe the sweet spot for me, um, but I really do like it and have learned a lot about third and fourth grade instruction and things like that. So I'm comfortable now, and I, I, yeah, I really do. I really do. Now it. does uh, yeah. Ellie Eichlenberg does she teach third grade? Yeah, she's okay. in third grade because she so. made a comment on a previous podcast, and if you haven't listened to it, you should. Um, not you, Rachel, but in general, people out there. But she talked about how third grade, she loved third grade because um, she was still smarter than some of them, <laughs> but yet you could still have a, you know, a somewhat of a conversation with them. Yeah. Yeah. So. They, they kind of, some of them get some of your jokes that you make. Some of them <laughs> definitely do not, but they well, still. I still have that problem in sixth grade with my kids. Like. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> well, you probably, you probably don't make very good jokes. So that's what? probably why. Wow. <laughs> wow. We're going to get up on here. Roasted. No, my sixth graders tell me that all the time. They're like, yeah. you're a, you're a dad joke kind of guy. <laughs> Okay. Well, well, you got we'll the dad. Turn this classroom around. You got the dad body to go with it. <laughs> I have been working out. <laughs> no comments. On that. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, we've caught up on why you're at DNH and how it's going. Um, like we said, you're the head girls track coach. What's your favorite thing about coaching right now? Um, my favorite thing about coaching and really why I became a coach and love coaching is being around the girls and not not necessarily just helping them be, you know, a faster runner or a better jumper or a better thrower is really helping them just become a better person overall. That's a very big part of my coaching philosophy. It was the same with my coaches that I had in high school and my coaches that I had at Wartburg, just very, very focused on the person as a whole. So just, you know, helping you know, young student athletes guide through their lives and how how we can use sports to become just better people in general is my favorite part about it. The um, the lessons that you can learn from being a part of a team and from a good coach, it, they're invaluable mm-hmm. and they're they're so important. Yep. 
And how long have you been uh, coaching here at DNH? So I started coaching junior high um, track and field when I was when I first started. First here. Okay. So actually, this this round of seniors, this year's seniors, I coached them in seventh grade track, and then in eighth grade track, and then I went to the high school when they went to the high school. So this this ah, year's cool. seniors, yeah, yeah I kind of full them circle every year. thing. Got the six mm-hmm. year or mm-hmm. five with an asterisk because of. COVID, but yeah, yep, yeah, we won't talk about that. No. So, did you have any personal inspirations that kind of got you into coaching? Um, my looking back at it now, my my high school track coach, um, Shelly Smolt from Rhinebeck, she was a big inspiration for me. Now, um, she she knew that I wanted to take track and field to the next level and run in college, and that wasn't a a thing of, that a lot of people had on my team and when I was in high school, but she understood that. And so she was able to help me make it to that next level. And then my coaches at Wartburg, same, same thing too. Like they're great coaching staff. It's a great place to be. Um, so definitely my coaches have had a huge impact on my coaching philosophy in general. Just a, r- a real quick question too. Um, do you come from a line of coaches by any um, chance? No, not not at all. Actually, my my dad coached me in little league soccer. You <laughs> hey, know, that counts. But, that counts. <laughs> yeah. But no, other than that, no, I don't have coaches or really any teachers in my family at all. All right, that's good. I like that. You, uh, special ed teacher, third and fourth grade, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Best thing about it. I think I I never necessarily wanted to be a general education teacher. I when I wanted to become a teacher, I wanted to be a special education teacher. Um, school when I was growing up was really easy for me, and I loved school. But I know that that is not necessarily the story for every kid. And if if school is a bad place for you to be because it's really hard, then it's it's you're not going to have a good time, and you're going to end up hating school. So the only way that I could help kids that are having a hard time is to, you know, get in the school and be a teacher myself. So I think my, my favorite part about it is just helping, helping kids that, that need someone there to be an advocate for them and stand up for them and help them see those little successes is definitely the best part about it. Does it get tougher also coaching in the spring? You also coach in the fall as well. Yeah, I coach junior, junior high cross country. How's too. that uh, yep. balancing? It, it is, is definitely it? it's definitely busy, for sure busy. But um, over the years, I've gotten a little bit better at prioritizing my time and making sure that I can get everything <laughs> done. Because it, it is hard to it is hard to um, focus on multiple things. So I just try to focus at about where I'm at at that time. Focus right. on school at school. Focus at about track at track time, and then usually at night. Yep. The Bachelor when the Bachelor's on. Yeah, ex- yep, exactly right. Yeah, I know how that goes. <laughs> I'm still waiting for your season, Travis. Yeah, it's coming soon. Just <laughs> be patient. I think it's on, That's, like... I heard you were going to be the new host. It's like on FX, XX, XX, XX. I mean, that, it's down there away. That must be a new package that I'm going to have to... Yeah. I'll let you know when it when it becomes uh, okay. available to everybody besides my family. All right, and then we can avoid it. So that's <laughs> right. good to know. You are uh, over halfway the track season this year kind of 
kind of on the the downward or upward, I guess, towards uh-huh. uh towards the goals. How has the track season been so far? It has been a blast and it I mean that both in how fast it has gone, but also how much fun it has been. We just have a really solid solid group of girls. I mean, they're obviously you can you can tell that they're very very dedicated student athletes and they're a lot of fun to watch, but the they're just a great group of girls. I hardly ever have to worry about any kind of drama or anything like that. They just do their job when they're supposed to. And so it's a lot of fun to coach them. And you have had quite a bit of success yes. as well. I mean, you can go ahead and yeah, you can go ahead and uh, shout that stuff out as well. Yeah, they are. They have put in the work yep. for a long time, so they deserve all the success that they're having. Yep. I drive bus for the girls track team. Uh, quite a bit and it's fun watching them and having very good success and and you and it, I think it's you can see it spilling over exactly what you're preaching the girls are also they're showing it as well mm-hmm. you know on the track and whether it's helping another teammate out I mean the girls that help each other out is just crazy I mean we had a meet last night and I mean they're right there on the rail yelling at every DNH girl that goes by and you know even hey, other other teams, you know, they cheer them on, but if you're a DNH a girls track, you, you're gonna have somebody yelling for you. <laughs> yeah, it's an awesome, it's an awesome place to be. It's great. So, uh, do you have any unsung hero? Like, if you had to pick a girl right now, unsung hero of the team, could you, could you have one of those for us? Um, there's actually a few girls that come to mind, um, but. Peyton Peterson is standing out to me because she has run a bunch of different things. Right, you name it, she's probably have run it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she isn't hasn't always been on the varsity relay. Sometimes she's been running on the JV relay because that's a perfect spot for her and we need someone who's going to be reliable and she has never once complained about, you know, running on JV or anything like that. She just does her job every time. So definitely, um, Peyton is definitely up there. Jaden Peterson's right along there with them. Um, a lot of the freshmen, really, I mean, we have a great group of freshmen. They're just willing to do whatever it takes, wherever they need to be at that time. Yep. And we just had senior night here last night. And there's, and again, I don't know if there's quite a few, but there's several. I don't, I'm just seven yeah. or eight or We have nine, nine, nine freshman girls. Or, yep. Wow. Seniors? Yeah, nine. Or, sorry, seniors. That's okay. Yep. Sorry. Yep. Nine senior girls. That's pretty year. good. It is great. That is awesome to have. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to keep those numbers as well when you're going through the program. So, okay. Um, our last question about track here. Team goals or personal goals for the end of the year? What you got for us? Um, we definitely want to qualify as many, as many events as we can to state across the whole board too. We have been um, pretty good the last few years in qualifying running events, but we need to look to some of the other field events too on the girls' side. So we have a couple of throwers with Taylor Wesley and Abby Sohn. They are definitely stepping it up on the throws side. Um, We have some good high jumpers. We have a couple of good long jumpers. So just qualify as many as we can because we want to take a big group of girls down to state track to experience it and everything and the more events we qualify the more likely we'll score some points down at state and hopefully we can bring home 
the state championship title and make it yeah. make it number three for the girls this year. That'd be awesome. And they um, qualified quite a few things for Drake relays and had a, a good showing. I I feel down there at Drake as well. And yeah. uh, for those people that aren't familiar with Drake relays, it's classes one A through four A. It's there is no it's the best of the best in the entire state, and so it's kind of a feather in, in the small schools' hats whenever they can qualify something down there it's pretty cool just to do that but then to go down there and throw up a top five top seven top eight finishes is, is kind of a big deal and i know you guys did that uh you were able to do that in a, in a couple events and so that's it, promising i mean it's very you're yeah. in the right direction yeah it was definitely great i don't i don't know for sure but i would have a hard time believing that there was any to a school that qualified that much and placed that well yeah, so i would agree with you there exciting very exciting as time. All right. So it is time for the random question of the day. Travis, you got this one? Yeah, and we'll we'll let's switch it to uh third graders. Okay, I like it. Okay. So we're gonna that might we're gonna make to this answer though. Well, you just have to I, well, we'll okay, see. I'll probably get made fun of anyway. So that's true. <laughs> All right, so here's your random question of the day, and this is actually this is a pretty good one for you. How many third graders do you think you could fight off before you became overwhelmed? Like before they would like get you down and, and you'd so be they're, done. They're physically attacking you. Yeah, they are not, phys- like zombies. Not style. verbally. The, no, they attacking. are physically attacking you. Like the goal is to <laughs> get you down on the ground and get control of you. How many do you think it would take before okay. you could? So I'm thinking about how and many. And again, we're, we're not. This is fictitious, okay? We're not gonna really go out and injure kids, and you know, because I'm kicking, I'm I'm punching. Oh, we're not I'm going gonna, Billy Madison. I'm gonna try and knock this. a few down, but definitely. But, but but we would never do this. No. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. I don't know, Tad. It, it every man for himself. Tad, he's Tad's not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I teach junior high. <laughs> okay, here's what I'm thinking. Okay. Thinking about how many third graders we have at Dyke New Hartford. And I, um, so I'm going to say that that number is maybe 75. So I'm going to say, just to make it a little, make sure I'm covered, I'm going to say it's going to take at least, has to be more than 90. Because, what? listen, if I say a number less than that, and any of those third graders hear that, if I say it takes me, if it's 10, and then they say, hey, it only takes 10 of us to take down Miss Cheeseman. <laughs> They're going to get okay. 11 of them and gang up on me and take me down. You're you're pulling a Mr. Stockdale here and yeah, over-analyzing this whole See, thing. We got to stop that. I, we, need a, we need a realistic number. I'm pretty strong. Okay. I'm not doubting that. I'm not going to find out either. Well, okay. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. But third graders can be, you know, they're kind of nasty. And a lot of them at third grade, they probably have some older siblings that right. have been picking on them. Right. And they're maybe just getting old enough to stand up for themselves. Right. They really. know how to kind of get their way around a fight. Six. Okay, you went lower than I thought. You were lower than what I thought. Because I'm thinking two on each leg, two on each arm. But, but, but. You can also fight back. Yeah. This isn't just stand there and just see how many you can 
my number was twenty five. You went higher than I thought. I I think I could I could knock out like eight or nine of them before they would. So yeah, like grab that's onto the thing. something. You so. you push them down. Do they get back up? Well, you got to knock them out. Yeah, knock them out. Yikes! <laughs> I just really put a good visual of this in my head, and I don't see. This is what happens when Travis is driving the bus. He's like, I <laughs> "Yeah, I got a lot of time to think here." Many, I wonder how many of these kids it would take to. Boy, you guys, uh, I I honestly was thinking like sixteen, seventeen. You know, like but I wasn't thinking class. we're gonna knock these. You know, no, of course we're not going. Of course, well, but it, but it, it says it no. says before you become overwhelmed. So I, I to me that was how how many could you fight off before you became overwhelmed? So I I think it would take and in, maybe yeah maybe an entire class worth of kids, eight eighteen to twenty maybe. Yeah, I'll go in that range. I mean, if as you're well. if you're you're sitting, you're standing in the gym, you're in the center circle, and then they just start coming at you. I mean, I'm I'm flailing. I'm going to, I'm I'm probably going to be out of gas, and that's when I'm going to get overwhelmed because <laughs> I'll just be too tired. <sighs> it just makes me think of like those people that are on those balance beams and the sumo suits with like yes. giant Q-tip things. Like how many yes. of those yes. people? Can, yeah, the pugil, yeah. pugil sticks or something. You fall into the water. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Wipe out. Yep. I would. I think I dominated that thing. I think I would like my I'd like a chance at that too. Yep. All right, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining in tonight. It's been a pleasure. Um, and we are gonna be cheering you on for the rest of the season. Thank you. Yep, yep. good luck. The DNH Loose Change Podcast is looking for three partners in this new endeavor here at Dyke New Hartford. DNH Loose Change will be a weekly podcast focusing exclusively on all things DNH. The podcast will primarily be comprised of interviews from administrators, teachers, support staff, coaches, and our very own DNH students. By becoming a partner, your business will be given a 45 to 60 second pre roll, mid roll, or post roll read in every episode to a captive audience. Your donation will go directly to help out the DNH Booster Club as well as help offset the cost of producing the podcast. For more information, contact Travis Kiewit at 319-983-2206 or by email at travis.kiewit at dnhcsd.org. Thank you in advance for your support of our DNH students, and roll blue! Okay, we are here with the one and only Sherry Sharp, our Dyke Elementary Secretary. Sherry, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you guys tonight? It is a good Fantastic. night. Fantastic. It's a good night. <laughs> good. Anytime recording, it's a good night. Great. All right, so Sherry, like we said, you're the Dyke Elementary Secretary. For those of you who are listening, can you go ahead and give us a little background information about yourself? Where okay. you're from, school? Sure. I am from the big town of Fort Dodge, Fort Dodge, Iowa. So um, not very far away, just about 100 miles west of here. Um, so born and raised there, um, went to uh, senior high there. Um, after high school, went to Iowa State University and graduated with a degree in journalism um, from Iowa State. Journalism and mass communication is what it was called back then. Um, and what brought me over to this area was actually Channel 7. So I was hired um, 
out of Iowa State uh, by Grant Price, an old news director from wow. uh, Channel 7. That is very that is, cool. Yeah. That is very interesting. I had aspirations to be um, a news reporter. And so I started as an intern for Channel 7 back in about 1984, 85, um, worked for a year at the station and pretty much lugged other people's um, cameras, <laughs> uh, you know, photographed other people and things like that, helped other reporters do their stories. Um, but I was fortunate enough to be hired by Grant then to work full-time as a, as a news reporter. So that's what I did. And, and I was at Channel 7 for 14 years, and I don't know if people know that or not. But, yeah, so a lot of fun. I've got some wonderful, great stories if you need I have, to know any I dirt did not on know it. That. I had no idea. To I had be no idea. Is, yeah. is there video out there? Oh, there's video out there. Is there really? It's hiding in my basement on a three-quarter inch tape that no one can I play anymore. I bet we can find it. So on we'll find it on the internet. <laughs> yeah. So. And you yeah. used your your name? No. Well, my maiden name was Newsome, so it was Sherry Newsome. Sherry Newsome. So I was. So let's just back up. I wasn't. I wasn't a um, an ink or a news reporter that whole time. I was a reporter for a couple years, and then went in on to work in the promotion department. And so, and that's what I did, ended up being a promotion manager. And so my job was pretty much to promote Ron and Liz. That Those were the anchors. And Liz Bobby Mathis. Earls, Tammy Weinsack. We're talking oh, yeah. the old days. Gary Sarnoff, Dale Hansen, oh, yeah. you know, a lot of people like that. Um, but I had a blast. I mean, I'm telling you guys, it was, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times, too. It was during the Gulf War. Um, so that was kind of a hard time uh, for the TV station. But I had some wonderful opportunities. Went out to New York um, and we, with Ron and um, Liz, and we, did, we got to do a photo shoot with um, Tom Brokaw. Um, had dinner one night at Bob Hope's house, for those of you Jeez. old enough to know who Bob is. I've been on the set Man, of got a Wheel high of roller Fortune. here. Yeah, I had, a, I had some great, yeah, so... I'm standing, if I can find that picture of myself, standing at the Wheel of Fortune board. But that was when I was in promotion. And like I say, great job. Our job was basically to do the 30-second commercials um, that would promote anything from our Christmas promos, where you'd see the anchors and their families, to the news opens, to saying we've got the best weather department. You know, it was all that kind of stuff. Um, I would come out here to places like Dyke and take a picture of the water tower. And then we would say KWWL is Iowa's news channel, and you'd see the water tower shots. Right. So the best part of that was being able to just travel around eastern Iowa, you know, neighborhood news on the road, you know, um, that kind of thing. And uh, I loved, I mean, I loved it. But eventually you get old and have children and go, I can't do this anymore. So um, that took me to actually working at Gladbrook Rhinebeck um, in that school district where we lived. We were in Rhinebeck then um, and lived for first part of our married life. And then really what brought me up here was we just truly outgrew outgrew our house um, and had three children at that point and um, moved up to the Dyke New Hartford area when our kids were three, six, and nine um, Hmm. So yeah, so I've we've been here now quite a while since two thousand and three or four, um, okay. but that's yeah. So and then I got the job here at the the school, um, but yeah. So my background is really journalism. I mean, and reporting and that kind of thing. Yeah, but, do you yeah. miss it? 
I, I parts do, of it, I guess. I, I do. I mean, I, I guess I miss the people. And I would say that even about this job, you know, what is it that you take away when you leave a place? And it's not necessarily, you know, I had some wonderful experiences, but it's always the people that you work with. And it's the same thing when I know, you know, when I leave here, I, I love the job, but it's going to be the people I miss. Yeah. And so I, I miss those people. You know, I miss those people, not necessarily the job, not not staying, you know, late and doing election night coverage and right. um, getting up early in that kind of time, um, but kind of thing. But uh, no, I I do. That I is, do. Yeah. I think that is so. That's all my alley. I mean, I would love to do that kind well, of stuff. Well, and I. I was in broadcasting for a year down at Northwest Missouri State. I went, I wanted to be a broadcaster, and I couldn't get into Iowa State because I tried to get into the journalism, and I failed the like English test. Really? <laughs> so I, I couldn't even get in because at the time, my wife was going to Iowa State, and so I was trying to get into Iowa State, and I couldn't even get in because I was dumb and couldn't get it. I couldn't <laughs> even sure pass the so test true. to get in. <laughs> was and, dumb. Uh, <laughs> So then I went to Northwest Missouri State for a year and, and did that, and I was way behind everybody else, so I ended up just backing out of that whole thing. But Yeah. That is... No, I love photography. I mean, that's the thing is part of it is I love putting videos together. I mean, you guys, I don't know if you've been around long enough, but um, you'll have to ask, uh, like, Will, uh, you know, Reingard. I mean, I loved putting uh, a few years ago when we used to do those... Um, was it winter, you know, the, you know, the athletic banquets. I love doing the little like music videos. Yeah. I mean, if I had a dream job, it'd be to be an MTV, you know, videographer kind of thing. I love putting videos to that music. That is so cool. So that, that was my favorite part. I loved actually having the camera, not so much interviewing people. I mean, that was okay, but coming back and composing things, yeah. that was fun. But yeah, I could tell you some great stories. Yeah, how's, great stories. How's Gary Sarnoff? He's, I think he's living up in Minneapolis now. I mean, yeah. the people I keep in touch with are, you know, not so many. I mean, Ron Steele, I still obviously yeah. know. Bobby Earls, I still stay in touch with. Tammy Weinsack, if you remember Tammy. Tammy oh, yeah, I remember my, all those. She was in my wedding. So that was, was back, she? you know, like, yeah. Jeez, I thought Mark Woodley was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no. He's nothing. Yeah, and I would definitely <laughs> know Rick Coleman. Rick was there when yeah. I was there. So, we yeah. um. I know this is your podcast, but no, not too many people will, will know Gary Sarnoff. You probably don't even know who he is, but I, you, is he, he the did guy? movie reviews. Yeah, big I was tall, say, red-haired guy. Oh, not the one I'm thinking of. I was thinking of, I thought of the one that Mark brought to his fundraiser a couple of years ago. That would kind of do the quick news in a flash. I can't. I don't remember his name. He's kind of short yeah. and. Well, and the biggest claim to fame was Mark Steinis, who went on to work for Entertainment Tonight. He was oh, yeah. he was a dead look alike for Tom Cruise, so got great yeah. stories about Steinis. Married to Miss America, you know, and has since remarried. Um, but uh, so that was always fun to have Mark with you when he was he he was, ended up working in the sports department with us as well. But no, like I say, oh gosh, you guys, I could just tell yeah. you stories. I mean, it puts you in a place. I mean, like, I remember exactly where I was during the Challenger disaster because they called me, you know, from home. I mean, everybody had to come in when that Challenger disaster happened. And so big news stories, right. you know, and um, yeah, it, so that's what I remember most. But yeah, I could have died during, I have one crazy story and we're way off what I'm doing at school. But no. um, back in the live truck days, you know, I don't even know if they use live trucks anymore. I guess um. Mark Woodley could tell us that, but 
you were never supposed to drive a live truck because they had a 60-foot mast that would go up into the air and you had to get your video signal back to the station. And I wasn't driving. I was with a kid who was, uh, was a, I think he was working in the sports department. Regardless, he was driving. We couldn't get the signal out. We needed to get the video back before the 10 o'clock news. So we got in the truck. He had the mast, the 60-foot mast up. And we drove down Highway 63 with it up. And yes, we hit a power line, wiped it out, the mast. This mast ends up on the on the highway, we blew out like farmhouse. The, <laughs> and they just were like, and I'll never forget getting back to the news station. Obviously, the video didn't make the 10 o'clock news, by the way. Right. Um, got and you back still kept to, your job? Well, I kept my job because I think they were happy I was alive. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I'll never forget how ashen-colored um, Grant Price was when he brought the two of us in. And said, you guys could have been killed. You guys, you realize if you had been on the outside of that live truck, just like touching the live truck and that mast had gone up like into those power lines because it just went through. He goes, the tires saved you guys. You guys really could have been melted in a heartbeat. So I'm figuring I'm down to about eight lives now based on that one. But they kept me. The other dude, yeah, the dude driving the truck actually quit. Um, He was, (laughs) I think that was when we were both interns, but I was like, hey, I I was the... I was the reporter. Don't blame passenger. me. You know, I, exactly. But his fault. I can I can <laughs> laugh it off now. But yeah. Anyway, great oh great gosh. people, great experiences. You know, that'll last a lifetime. But um, yeah. So then you know, but you eventually, like I say, you don't see a lot of old promotion managers because it's a it's a beat you down kind of job. So eventually, right. I'm like, okay, I can't do this, and. Um, like I say, worked at uh, Gladbrook Rhinebeck or Rhinebeck Elementary specifically. And so that kind of helped me transition here when we moved to Dyke just to work at Dyke right. Elementary. So, yeah, so I've been here for about 15 years, probably about as long as I was at Channel 7. I have been now here about 14 years as well. Huh. So, yeah. Do you have any blazers or anything from Channel 7? Blazers? What do you mean? Like the shoulder th- blazers? Like, did you have like, I mean, oh. did you have to wear like a Channel 7? <laughs> Like, like a, no, I have I have lots of Channel Seven, you know, shirts or that kind of thing, but not not, not like blazers. an official, N- like a no. jacket. Well, like that a, used to be a rule, didn't it, for Channel Seven? What did they? I'd always heard that it was kind of a rule that they had to have like, I don't know, I I'd always heard that they had to have like a blazer or jacket on top. Oh, I don't know about that, but you know. Ron would mess me up every now and then. Again, back in the day, I mean, this is how I'm dating myself. This is how quickly technology has changed. Back in the day when I was there, the news stories actually had to be glued or like almost like um, not rubber cemented, but, you know, just pasted together as if over like a sewing machine, kind of like a foot feed, you know, that had a camera that aimed down at the counter and you had your eight and a half you know, by 11 sheets of paper and the news stories, someone's job was actually to put tape those basically. And so you had this giant long (laughs) row of news stories and those got fed through like a foot. I mean, like a, that was the teleprompter at the time, the teleprompter. And so then Ron and, and Liz would sit on set and they would push on like this foot feed, like, like kind of like a sewing machine. And they would push on it. And those news stories would just go along 
they would just move along underneath that camera and right. so it was all laid out you know and you would hope things would not get crinkled up or in my case because I would come on set with Ron and Ron would say Sherry Newsom is with us now to tell us more and I would look at the teleprompter and it was Ron's job to move my script and he wouldn't then he would be off like looking and like and I would be like Ron you like you know like like <laughs> frantically like push my story along you goof and you had your own you know, script in front of you, so then I would have to look down or whatever, and then right. Ron would say, oh, oh, and and then all of a sudden he'd push on that foot feed and my words would go flying fly across by. the screen, you know, up on the screen, and I, I could have killed Ron, but I, I love Ron, don't don't get me right. wrong, but it was funny stuff like that that I will will, will remember. Oh, you know? that is so, awesome. But that tells you how old it was, and honestly, three-quarter inch tape, so we're saying if I had an A-B roll where I wanted to d- take a dissolve from one picture to another i literally had two tapes meaning i would have one that would have to you know i'd have to have one video shot go three to five seconds and the next my b-roll would have to be four to eight seconds so it was very time consuming i bet i would just tell you it would take me when we did the christmas promos for like the anchors and their families that you saw at christmas time I could easily spend two full days doing a six, like one 60 second commercial could take me days worth of time to oh do things. Gosh. And this day and age, it's just a whole different world. Yeah. But, oh yeah. What were your hours scary. there? Were they all over the place too? or? Um, I mostly worked because of the anchors, because I had to have them voice a lot of stories. I normally came in about nine and I would work until at least seven because I would do little things after at when the news ended at 6.30, then Ron and Bobby, or Ron and, well, Bobby was there too, but Ron mm-hmm. and Liz would stay after the 6 o'clock news, and that's when we would videotape promos that would air throughout the night telling people what to not watch for the 10 o'clock news. So I would have to really, or if I had anything else, like if Ron did a an Iowa's child report and I was going to do the commercial about that, report you yeah. know that would play for weeks leading up to his story you know because that's what um we would do series reports and things like that so i almost always had to stay after six thir- the six thirty news because the main anchors worked you know they come in at two yeah they go 10 or 10 after 10 so um i would always have to wait for them you know and then and then get them to voice my story so then i could do my work basically wow so yeah, That's some long hours. It it I mean, it really was, and once and honestly, once you had a family, you I, know, and yeah. a mother, I would always say, you know, kudos to my husband because he really pretty much raised my my oldest child, Katie. <laughs> Katie was raised by dad because mom was just always at Channel Seven. So, yeah. but it was it like I say, loved it, loved yeah. it, but. That is cool. That's, but now, that's yeah, very cool. but it's it's good. Now I've got you know Doctor Awesomeness, uh, Mister Tom Texter as my boss, uh, Principal Texter. <laughs> the hat's gonna stick. Yeah, well, you know, he's that's just what, like Ron Steele. He, well, that's what I think. Or he and thinks he, he is. Pretty much makes me call him that. So you know. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Transition. Next time I email him. It was that like a smooth transition into that was yeah. pretty good. good job. It's almost now. like you're trained in something like this. <laughs> yeah. Like you've done this before. <laughs> but anyway, no, great job. I I love what I do. I really do. So you love what you do. What is the best part of your job right now? I, you know, the, the again, even kind of like the station, it's the variety of my job. I absolutely love the fact that, you know, there are certain things I do every day. I, you know, do lunch counts and figure out what kids are eating. And I find out where all the kids are, make sure that, you know, attendance is taken. But it's just 
and that sounds really simple, but it's just the variety. I can be working today like on May reminders for the month or track and field days coming up. So I'm printing things for that or I'm working on life touch pictures or it's just um and it's just that I love that again, it's kind of the communication part. I guess that is in my nature is that I love communicating between the teachers and relaying messages between parents and kids and staff and students. You know, I mean it's it's all yeah, it is it it is communication basically. So it's it's just something new and different every day, uh, depending on what needs to be done. See, I would kind of be the opposite of that. I like to have things steady and I just I'm a creature of habit. You want that routine. Yeah, yeah. I like I like routine. Like hey, at ten thirty three these kids are coming in at eleven twenty, I'm doing this at Yes. And I can count like three or four days ahead and know exactly what's gonna happen when. And I try not to go too much further because lesson plans change just, I mean, by the minute they're changing constantly at this. I yeah. like, I like routine as much as I can get. So really? yeah. yeah, I'm kind of with Sherry can, on this. Yeah. I, and I taught for 19 years of PE and had the routine and, you know, these are the kids are coming. And quite honestly, these last two years of showing up and I, I'm kind of the same way. I have my couple things I do in the morning and then after that, it's game on. Right. Who knows what I'm going to be doing, where yeah. I'm at. Sending out mass emails I mean, like this just, week. You know, Bruce Dahl has got the, you know, girls basketball camp yeah. stuff. So I'm helping him. And with Greg Moore, I was sending out, yeah. you know, boys basketball camp information. I mean, this is a busy time, obviously, for everybody yeah. heading into May and so, at the end of school. Purchase orders, ordering, you know. I've got a question for you. Do, do your staff members know that they can send out emails to the other staff members on their own? Or do they forward them to you and, and say things like, hey, Sherry, can you send this on to everybody else? Yes, that's how it works. <laughs> I always, we always tease each other over in, in New Hartford about that. So yeah, no, it's, it's a, would you Sherry, please forward this to the staff because I've got everybody's emails, you know, on one yeah. group email. So it's just, they hope that I've got everybody up to date. So, yeah, yeah. it's okay. I like that. <laughs> Keeps me, you know, because, yeah, I'm kind of the hub of the school as far as su supposedly I need to know what's going yeah. on and, and that kind of thing. So I like being well, included in all some, of that. We've got some email-related questions. Just, I mean, Chad Bixby's favorite thing is the reply all. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I, I like to give him a hard time about that. And, <laughs> Sounds but, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we talked about the best part. But everybody's got a not-so-best part. What's the not-so-best part of my job? Oh, man. Is it calling Tom Dr. Awesome? Yeah, yeah, forcing right. me to, yeah. Or I was going to say, one, you know, one bathroom. I'm looking excited to, yeah, I'm going to be excited when we get, you know, the, new, the yeah. new building done and we have more than one restroom. That has nothing to do with right. anything. But um, no, the worst, the worst part probably is just. It could be the adjoining gosh, door between guys. you and Mr. Texter. Yeah, no, I, that's <laughs> a hard one. I mean, it's not. What's the worst part? I don't I don't know that there's a worse part other than yeah, I I can there are days that I go home exhausted just because you are communicating so much with people and that kind of thing. Um but uh but maybe that's like I say I'm just getting old. So, um yeah, I uh I don't know that there's a worse part. I'm I I really do. I enjoy my job. I love coming to school. I love the group of people that that I work with. Um you know, and and I'm I'm proud of this school. I really am. I mean, that's why I'm I guess a PR major. I mean, ultimately, um, 
I just think we do really well as a team here. And I mean, we just really support one another. Mm-hmm. And I really, I, I, I've never been around a harder working group of people. I mean, like you guys, you know, this is nuts to be here working on this tonight. You know, you could be home with your families. What are we doing? You know? And so it's just, you guys, it's, we're, it's a dedicated group of people all the way around. So, um, I'm appreciative of that. Um, you know, that, uh, but no, I, uh, I don't know that there's a worse part. I'll think of it tomorrow. Stuff and envelopes. I'll text you. Yeah, probably sending out report cards. I get a little freaked out report card time when I've got it. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you're like, okay, teachers, get your report cards right. done. And then it's crunch for me to get those things turned around and, and given back to teachers to get stuffed and sent home. So maybe that's maybe it. Maybe that. But I, I could definitely see that as well. That's a, I, I would, yeah. Yeah. And that always comes up. I mean, it's not like it's a one-time deal once right. a year. I mean, it's... Right. Yeah, and at the end, it feels like it comes up quite a bit. We, yeah, yeah, we do hard copies and put everything in CUME files still as in the elementary. We still do a lot of paper stuff that the junior high and high school goes seriously. Guys, can't you know that all can be, (laughs) you know. But I think parents, especially in the elementary, that they're just kind of used to having that hard copy. It's kind of to. You know, you can show it off a little bit more if you want to. Right, right. Hide it more. I don't know. No, we do. I mean, when you're especially kindergarten through second grade, by third, third and fourth grade, we start actually having parents start pay more attention to Infinite Campus and the parent portal and yeah. point them in that direction and say, okay, guys, you need to start looking this way. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's all good. It really is. Yeah. I I know that's one of the things that's kind of been a huge transition for even us in the junior high since uh, this is only year eight for me. And when we started, so many paper copies of things went home, just letters and things like that. And I remember my at the beginning of my first year when he was working here, we'd talk about limiting paper use, you know, those types yes. of things because it had to go to certain things. Now it's just scan and send, scan and send. It's so much easier. It is. Yeah. Now it is. It's just getting used to that. But yeah, elementary is a little a little different. You're right. Yeah, it's a little different. We still different kill beast. a few trees. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. It's honest. Yeah. Sometimes it's got to happen. So I, spare time, what do you like to do? Spare time? Um, I, I like, well, I walk a little bit in the afternoons. I mean, I like to walk. I like to play tennis. I'm not I'm not as big a golfer as I probably should be for living around here. Um, <laughs> spend a lot of time now uh, with an aging mother. So I actually spend a lot of time driving back to Fort Dodge right now. Um, kind of helping out with her situation. Uh, so just hanging out with my husband. Um, we have a place up in northern Minnesota, a small cabin and a pole barn we like to call home. That is and, awesome. Uh, and there we go. So we had six and a half hours up into northern Minnesota. Wow, that is way up yeah. there. How long do you stay f- at a time? Um, well, if we can, weeks at a time in the summer. That's why this job is great. It allows me that opportunity. Uh, but um, it's one of those where I wish sometimes it were just a little bit further south because then you could go on a Friday and come mm-hmm. home Sunday. That just doesn't happen. I mean, but but you can't, you know, I also realize that the the beauty it, to me is way up north. When right, in, the further when north you're in you the get. Yeah. evergreen trees and stuff like that, you kind of got to get past St. Cloud <laughs> to appreciate right. Um, you know, the prettiness of, of the area. So uh, I wish it were a tad closer. 
I have friends in Clear Lake that go, go to Clear Lake. And I'm like, I can't. I got to keep going north. Yeah. You know, Grandpa think... had a cabin up there. I mean, it, it goes way back. And, and, so. You know, Clear Lake's nice. But when you get to a place like that, there's just, it's a different level. Yeah. In, just... in my feelings anyways. So. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, even, you don't even have to worry about tricking fish. You can just enjoy the you know, <laughs> the outdoors. Yeah. Oh, we do. I mean, really, we're not big fishermen at this point. I mean, we are still kind of jet skiers, using the pontoon a little more. Yeah. I mean, we do have a speedboat. You know, my husband is a practical joker, so he still is trying to kill the kids on the Super Mabel and, the, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, take them around on the, on the inner tubes. But, no, we do. Um, and they've got great trails and things up there. I mean, that's where you do want to walk and take your bikes and go from town to town to town. So I'm looking forward to summer. This summer, hopefully, we'll be able to get up and enjoy it. Were you able to enjoy it last summer with COVID and everything? Not so much. Well, and partly because we had a daughter getting married. Our middle daughter, uh, Lauren, got married. And so, um, and that, you know, ended up being a smaller wedding, too. But just because of that, I, I didn't we, I didn't go up as much. Ron did. Somehow the dads don't do as much. Oh, boy. You know, shouldn't say that. Um, but uh, as far as the <laughs> wedding goes, I was much more involved in the planning right. of Lauren's wedding than Ron was. So he was able to enjoy northern Minnesota a little bit more than I was last summer. Well, if you ever need somebody to go with him. Oh, oh, believe me, don't even throw that out there. He's had plenty of friends up there. So if you want to be mm. added to that list, ask Barry and Julie Cavalier. They see us every summer. All right. Yeah, jump in with that group. So it's all good. Yeah, I don't know if you want him up there. <laughs> right. Well, I guess if you're not fishing, it'd be perfect. Yeah, so. there you go. But All right, Sherry, it is time for the random question of the day. Are you ready for it? Okay. All right. So after a little debacle, a little, little switcheroo. Yeah, my, my random question of the day was, what kind of side do you think would fit you? And I have no idea what, what? that even was supposed to. I have no Crickets chirping now. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna West to, Side. I'm going to have to do some uh, <laughs> some research on that one. Yeah, there ha- there's a missing word there. I'm just telling you, Travis. <laughs> there you go. After that question. Yeah. I love well, it. Well, you know, we can always laugh at ourselves, and that's the best part. I mean, and we can laugh at me, <laughs> too. So. Perfect, you guys. Sound effects are the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here we go. All right. Would you rather eat spicy food for the rest of your life, or would you rather have sour food for the rest of your life? You know, it's only tricky because, honestly, I am a huge, my whole family, we love pickles. So the sour thing is very tempting, but but yet the Tabasco, I mean, we don't have a meal without Tabasco. Nice. So I would have to say spicy, spicy is the, yeah, the way to go with that one. Okay. Right, guys? Right. Would that, you not I, I'm agree? 100% with you. I'm all about spiciness. Oh, yeah. I love, I, I I very much enjoy the Tabasco. Oh, yeah. That comes from my husband. I mean, eggs, Tabasco, popcorn. Have you had Tabasco on popcorn? Yes. Okay, well, then you are in the cool What about group. your cereal? Yeah, let's be nah, realistic about this. Yeah. <laughs> Tabasco I, and milk, I don't know. Yeah. But, but no, we just, yeah. Yep. It's out at Do you meal. do uh, barbecue sauce? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you mean not as far as... We're just the spice, just the... Stuff. Yeah, like Diamond Dave's or you know places like that. That yeah, yeah. Any yeah, no, I I do. But Ron's probably my husband's probably made me a little more so than I would. Do you like spicy be. food or just like Tabasco spicy? No, I like spicy food. 
I would get, yeah. I mean, buffalo, you know, chicken wings or things like that. So you you spice those up as well? I I still can't sweat it out like my husband and my son, though. Nathan and Ron, man, they will, they'll go really (laughs) spicy. Really? I might not go as hardcore as they do. I used to be able to get pretty hardcore, and then I I backed (laughs) off a little bit, but I I do enjoy the spiciness. Yeah. And we know what Tad's going to choose. Sour? I, no, yes. no, I'm not. What? You're not? Um, I think I could, you know, sour food's good, like pickles and everything, but I think I would get uh, tired of sour food faster than I would of sp- spicy food. Yeah. I don't love spicy food by any means. I'm not going to go out of my way to pick it, but I think I can learn to like some of the different, there's a lot of different spices there and is, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So I think I could learn to enjoy that. But you're talking about Tabasco and I, just a really quick story. I used to work at Bourbon Street, and I worked there for like Eight. six years. Um, and I actually really loved, like you said, the people that you work with. And we'd always play pranks on each other. <laughs> and we had the pop machine in the back. And one of my friends who was working there, he was actually, uh, he was actually my roommate too. He had like Pepsi or something oh, sitting gosh. on the back. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. And I loaded that thing oh. up with Tabasco. <laughs> Oh I my gosh! It. Oh, we okay, we, we were so mean to each other. I mean, so mean to each other. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you could be in a restaurant. Oh. Think of it, honestly. Oh yeah, it was so. Yeah, one time I put a pair of tongs on like one of the waitresses. You know how they tie their thing around their uh, yeah. Back, yeah. and they had the loops. And I paired. I hung a pair of tongs, and <laughs> she, she walked around the whole ri- <laughs> Oh yeah. my gosh! Oh, we were so mean to each other. <laughs> it was so much fun. But yeah, so I could learn to like spicy food. Yeah, that's that's um, what I'm, yeah, I'm all for spiciness. So. Yeah, well, and sour anyway. What do you think? I mean, sour is like, what do you eat that? I think of candy as being sour or sauerkraut, which I'm not a big fan. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. So then I don't even know. Sometimes I think bitterness as well. When I think sour, I think bitterness. And, yeah. Yeah. So. Rhubarb. I mean, that's kind of. I hate rhubarb. Oh, you uh, don't? Oh, I, rhubarb pie. No, I mowed. Nice. We we lived in Hudson. We had a huge rhubarb garden or whatever and i mowed it over are you serious neighbors saw it and were so mad but oh i bet they were i just roast that stuff my mother-in-law makes the best rhubarb mm, pie no i and there's a lot of sugar in that but my grandma awesome. used to make that stuff and i ate too much of it and i got sick and that's why i'll never have <laughs> yeah. rhubarb again i'm yeah. serious no that's all it takes is one bad episode like <laughs> yeah, that and you're, i'm you're like okay I'm, I'm hanging up the rhubarb yeah Good to know. There we go. I like that. That is a good story. Uh, all right. Well, Sherry, we got to go ahead and wrap this thing up. Um, it has been a lot. This was fun. Getting yeah. to learn a little bit about your fame. Yeah. Yes. Your, yeah. That's a your near death experience. As Tad yeah. and I say that that's a whole nother episode. That is another podcast. There you go. Yeah. Sorry if I talk too long about that. No, that's oh, awesome. That's, that's the that's best part. Stuff. Yes. Well, good. I mean, glad rubbing elbows it. with famous people and yeah, you're Vanna, famous yourself. Vanna White. Yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, nobody really cares anymore. It was you know past well, lifetime. We care. Obviously, we care. We, <laughs> we were do. just like okay. <laughs> yeah, we're also we're in the candy guys, shop listening into these stories. That was awesome. So. Well, it is fun that you do this and you get to know a little bit about people because you don't know. That's the kind of stuff you right. don't know from I, I knew day to day. All that stuff you said, I knew. Really nothing about. Really, yeah. Well, I, yeah, well, that's okay. I'll start wearing some old Channel 7 shirts. Uh, you, yes. you know what I'm doing okay. tonight. Yeah, I'm going to be looking for you some You know what videos. I'm going to be doing tonight. They might accidentally get forwarded. Yeah, or actually, or put can... on our Twitter account. Oh. 
will ask. For we had somebody famous no. oh as a guest gosh. tonight. Oh my gosh, I was horrible on Check air. Check this. Oh, whatever. Oh, oh you guys. K Burnett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, she is and awesome. Now. She's just so hard on herself. Yeah. But Yeah, well, like I say, the look was a little bit different back in 1987. That's all I can tell you, you know? Poofy hair. The hair, poofy, yeah. yeah that's good, yeah. though. I like it. Yeah, no. Those were the good old days, but, well, thanks, you guys. This Thank has been you a lot again. of fun. We, we so appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, Wolverine Nation, that does it for episode 15 of DNH Loose Change. Before we let you go here, let's go ahead and uh, review our show and talk first pitch. Yeah, we had on uh, Tim Johnson talking a little time travel with us. I, I think we've even discussed after we talked to him that we'll probably have him on again. He's got some, I think, some good stories in there. And and honestly, it might be a situation where we ask him to come on just and do his own thing and talk about with the construction stuff going on right yes. now. And memory lane is kind of cool to, to learn about. Yep, and he talked about how he, all 13 years or whatever it was, in the New Hartford building. So it'd be kind of cool to get his perspective on, you know, where things were. He, he talked about a uh, triple triple story or three story yeah. i had no idea there was three and stories I, i'd heard that there was um an underground tunnel at one point um from kevin actually our okay. custodian yep. of years past and i i just it's cool to learn about these things especially yes. a place where you work and yep i think so too and be, i think it'd be kind of neat and now i want to get with him and i want him to show me yeah you that know, would what, be cool. what was the old stuff where he was and what changed into something because i even going through the school now and you see the where the custodians keep all their the trucks and stuff like that you know that was the shop at one time you know it's just a weird you know to think i did of, know that that's one thing i did yeah, know it's just kind of weird to think yeah this is i mean kids were in here doing shop class and so but that'd be pretty cool so i, I think we'll definitely have tim on again and then we also had rachel cheeseman girls track coach and third and fourth grade special education teacher uh, here in the district, and then we finished up with uh, Sherry Sharp, the Dyke Elementary Secretary, uh, and also at KWWL Channel Seven. Um, I, you know, when she walked in, I kind of felt like this. We were in the presence of greatness. Yeah, yeah. That's the first time that I felt somebody was more important than me. Yeah, I. That's the first time, you know, I've ever been that close to somebody that important. Just kidding. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> hey now. Oh, that's what happens when it gets late at night. All right. Okay, so we do want to go ahead and tonight give a really special first pitch. Um, Nick and Shelly McCumber, their family recently lost their home in uh, a devastating fire. And, you know, just like we always do in the Dyke New Hartford community, it's, it's time for us to rally the troops and do everything we can to support them and their kids and just something like that's so hard to bounce back from, and they're the family that will do it in stride. So it, it's just anything we can do to help them out, we got to do it. Yeah, and they're on my bus route. Um, 
Kane dry, uh, rides. I mean, the other two can now drive to school, uh, Claire and Cole. But so we go by their house all the time. And then when I heard the news over the weekend and, you know, I saw it, and I'm like, you know, just it kind of hits. You know, you hear about it, but then when you see it and, you know, somebody's been displaced and, you know, they're going through something that they probably had, you know, would never even think of, you know, going through what they're doing. And, you know, so you feel for them. They're, you know, their family, just like everybody else here in the district. And, um, you know, people were taking donations at school. You can, if you want to donate to the cause, you can just stop by any uh, office, like elementary, the high school, New Hartford campus, and uh, donate some funds there for the families. So, yeah, I mean, again, great family, great people, and they would do anything for us as well. So let's let's turn the table and help them out. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wolverine Nation, thank you so much, and we will see you next week on DNH Loose Change. <laughs> Thank you.